Father, we thank you for your presence here with us this morning, and we pray, God, that we would be able to become more and more aware of you right now and how you speak through so many different people. So, God, we pray that you would speak through us now, through these youth this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we have the rare opportunity to have two of our youth come and share with us out of their lives, of the ways they've experienced God. These two are actually heading to West Africa, to a country, Sierra Leone, uh, where they'll be serving as part of a small youth team, working with local pastors in preaching, outreach, evangelism, prayer, and a ministry of presence. So part of their preparation is having the opportunity to preach here on Youth Sunday before you guys. So in a second, I'm going to introduce Kara and Landon, who are going to come and share out of their lives with you today. Kara, come on up. everything we need if we place our trust in him whether it is food or water or getting into college he has a plan and will make sure we get everything we need in the process I have struggled to put God before everything else in my life but when I do I realize how much he does for me I've wanted to go to Africa for a long time last year I applied for the Rwanda trip but at last minute I pulled my application because it wasn't the right tam- timing for my family this year I found out that there was another trip to Africa but this time to Sierra Leone. I applied, and I was extremely excited to finally go, but then Greg told us that he was pulling the trip. I realize now that I was putting my desire to go to Africa before my desire to serve God. God came second in my decision to go. However, before we were actually told the trip was pulled, I prayed that I would not have a huge letdown if it was or if I wasn't accepted to go. In a way, I almost saw it coming, and God provided me with the comfort and I was prepared for the trip to be canceled. After that, I began putting God higher on my priorities list. He wasn't always first, but he wasn't at the bottom either. I prayed to God for the smallest things, and as the days went on, I felt much closer to the Holy Spirit, and I began to recognize God and all all around me and everything he has done for us. Now, I pray to him while I am studying for a test so I can focus and hopefully do well, or when I'm driving so I feel safe and not to danger those around me. These small moments of prayer and spending time with God made me happier than when I w- that made me happier than when I thought I was going to Sierra Leone. When Greg finally called me and told me that the trip wasn't canceled, I spent a few days talking to my parents and praying to God that this trip was finally the right time. I made the decision to go. I made the decision for God, and I made the decision that Africa was a path that God wanted me to travel down this summer. God provided me with this amazing opportunity, and He fulfilled my desire. He just needed me to make this trip about him and not about Africa. God can provide in other ways too. A friend of mine's mom had cancer, and for a while my family prayed, hoping for healing and that God would cure her sickness. However, it soon became apparent that she probably wouldn't make it. I began praying for her family so that after she passed that they would be okay, that they could mourn but still be human beings. I wanted God to provide them with happiness and courage to move on. I didn't want her family to be enveloped in pain and suffering. Since the death of my friend's mom, I've been watching and searching for changes in the way her family acts. I know they are still hurt and that they miss their mom dearly, but they still keep living life. I see the happiness that I loved about her mom 
in their family, and they are living proof that God provides us with care and joy and love. To quote Alba Stumbledore, because I'm eagerly awaiting the release of the new Harry Potter movie, Happiness can be found in even the darkest times, if one only remembers to turn on the light. God is the light that we must turn on. He fulfills that desire for happiness, and nothing else will. Not money, not fame, not even the American dream will provide for us the way that God does. There's a song by Casting Crowns that tells of one man's desire to achieve the American dream. He tries to provide his family with the perfect house, the perfect job, and the perfect reputation in society. He gives all of them all, he gives them all these things, but in the end, he loses what matters to him most. In his effort to provide for his family, he loses them because he was constantly focused on making a better life for them and not spending life with them. In the last few moments of the music video, the man goes to watch his son's baseball game for the first time. As the last lyric repeats, all they really wanted was you. You get a glimmer of hope that the family is going to survive because of God. The family wanted God and needed God in order to become stronger and happier than ever. And when the man finally turned to Jesus and put God before his desires, God provided. I think this happens a lot today, especially in American society, and I'm sure that the American dream has helped increase the divorce rate. The song has always struck me as very relatable, and it truly shows what happens when one desires eclipse Jesus in their life. I'm not saying that hopes and dreams are bad, But when your desires are your first priority, your vision of God becomes a little skewed. Putting God first allows God to take control of your life, to take you down the path that he planned for you at the start. By allowing God to take control and be first in your life, your desire might change. You'll find yourself somewhere you never planned and be happy. I'm also not saying that everyone that doesn't believe in God will be unhappy. They will merely be content. God provides joy, though. So why settle for contentment when you can truly be the happiest man or woman on earth? Believing in Jesus and following Jesus and, following and allowing Jesus to take control provides you with everything you need. You never know where your desires might take you, but at least with God you know you're safe. Let Jesus take the wheel and he will stop your life from spinning out of control. I've seen this in people with addictions, people haunted by demons, and people who believed that their life couldn't get any worse. I've seen a new hope in these people who have turned to God, who have allowed him to take control. God takes their desires and provides them with new ones. He provides them with a better life, and he provides them with a better quality of life. God has kept our world from falling into irreparable chaos. He provides the caring hearts and the people that work to cure cancer and to donate to the starving. He provides each and every one of us to this world to make a difference in some way. He provides everyone with a life to live, and he hopes that we will place him first because he placed us first. Hi, my name is Landon Bennett, and I'm a junior at Redmond High School. I'm going on a mission trip to Sierra Leone this summer, in which we'll be preaching and praying with people in the streets. I guess today I'm here to tell you a little bit about my relationship with God and what my faith means to me. I guess that makes you guys my guinea pigs before I head to Africa. I've been going to First Prayers my entire life, and I've really grown up a lot in this church. I can still remember when I was a scared four-year-old little boy who couldn't even make it 15 minutes at Sunday school without crying for his mommy and daddy. And now I'm a cool, calm, and collected 17-year-old man. (laughs) who 
who can almost make it a whole hour without crying. I've believed in God my entire life, but I didn't truly get to know him until the summer after eighth grade, when I went on Extreme Week with a high school youth group. It's a week-long river rafting trip in Northern California. During one of the after-rafting worship times, as in silent prayer, my body started shaking, and I heard, heard a voice in my head say, I love you, and I want you to change the world. I instantaneously knew that it was God talking to me. I mean, there's this, it wasn't that cold outside, so the shaking wasn't me shivering. And I just, there's no question about it. I knew it was God talking to me. And that was the first time in my life that I've truly heard or experienced God. And that, that's been a huge turning point in my relationship with him. Having a relationship with Christ has been by far the most influential and steadying force in my life, particularly throughout high school. I wouldn't be the person I am today without him. Being raised in a Christian household, reading his word, and being in a relationship with God has helped me, uh, has challenged me to do things that I normally wouldn't feel comfortable doing. It has kept me going through the tough times of my life and has helped me live the life that God wants me to live. My faith has led me to live counterculturally, almost without me even noticing. One, one instance of that that stands out happened in December. I had just gone out ice skating with a group of friends and we headed to McDonald's afterwards for some refueling. As we walked in, I, there's a, I couldn't help but notice a homeless man sitting in front of the store. He was asking people for help, and once I saw him, I thought of all the sermons I've heard Scott and Greg say about helping those who can't help themselves, and I thought of what Jesus said when he, uh, about how you treat the least of these is how you treat me. I knew I couldn't just walk past this guy who was asking me directly for help, and I, I asked him what he wanted. He told me he was hungry and that he just wanted some food. So I helped him come inside and I asked him what he wanted. He informed me that he was trying to eat healthy, so he didn't want any chicken or meat, which really narrows down your options at McDonald's. <laughs> so I got him the always healthy filet fish <laughs> He got his food and sat down, and by the time I had ordered my food, the booth where all my friends were sitting was full, so I decided I might as well sit with the guy. We talked for about an hour, and during that time, he, he told me about his life. He told me that he had been in prison, and while he was there, his wife had died. And while he was telling me this story, he started crying. And I, I teared up a little bit too, maybe. I offered to pray for him, but then he really turned the tables on me. He told me that he went to church every Sunday, and that I wouldn't pray for him. He was going to pray for me. So he laid his hands on me, and he prayed for me for about five minutes. This amazing event would have never happened if I, if I was only you know, depended on myself that night. But having God in my life forced me to do something that I, I didn't feel comfortable with it when I did it. And it, it really led to an amazing night after a seemingly innocuous night of ice skating McDonald's. God has also been there for me when I most needed him. My dad was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2008, and he spent the entire year battling it. That year was obviously one of the hardest of my life, as my dad went in and out of the hospital eight times. And don't worry, the story does have a happy ending. My dad, he, he survived after that year, and he's sitting right up front. But but I do know that year would have been a lot tougher without the constant presence of God and the church community enveloping me. My family and I kept talking about, we couldn't even imagine what that year would have been like if we didn't have our faith. It really got us through that. Having, having a relationship with Christ has also given me the morals that aren't really the norm. I remember one time in particular, as, as with a group of friends at somebody's house, 
I don't even know how this came up, but the issue of premarital sex was brought up, and somebody asked who was going to wait till marriage. Out of the probably 15 people who were there, only three people said that they would wait. Uh, one other way that my faith and value system has empowered me to, to live my life differently than the norm is, is my, all my stance on drugs and alcohol. In high school and our, our entire society, there's a prevailing attitude that if you work hard during the week, then you can, it sort of gives you a free pass to relieve your stress during the weekend, usually through partying, at least in high school. Knowing Jesus, my parents love me unconditionally and want the best for me has made it fairly easy to stay on the straight and narrow. And I'm not saying the kids in my high school are evil, and I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody. I make mistakes just like everybody in this sanctuary and everybody in the world. All I'm saying is that I'm extremely blessed to have been raised in such a loving family and church, and I've, and I've been able to hear God's word pretty much since I was born. I know that I'm forgiven for all my sins, and I know that Jesus will be with me through good times and bad. Whenever I feel down or stressed, I can always rely on the life verse I picked out in sixth grade. Which, re- is, which is Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, which reads, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm, it, harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Thank you. Okay, so a lot of times we seem to put ourselves and our desires before God. But God should be that one person at the top of our list. He should be that one person we will always be able to trust, but a lot of times it's easier said than done. I always catch myself not trusting God on a day-to-day basis and instead having to worry about things on my own. As a teenager, all you feel is pressure um, to be successful and great at everything you do. And as a junior bound for my senior year, my future is what I think about nonstop. I ask myself, am I doing everything right to get to where I'm supposed to be? And as a varsity basketball and golf player, I want to continue my playing in college. Thinking of this situation every day, I know I should put my trust in God, and I'm slowly getting better at it. Putting my trust in God does take off so much pressure and worries I have on my future because I know that God does have a plan for me. But to twist up my future situation even a little more, I have heard God say to me that I should become a missionary. Now, I ask myself, how am I supposed to do that when I'm supposed to go to college and I'm supposed to get that good job and I'm supposed to have a good salary and that nice home and a family? So is that supposed to be in my plan too or is just missionary work supposed to be in my plan? Last year, when I went on a trip to Rwanda, I then realized that this missionary thing was kind of serious. And I was pretty sure it was something God wanted me to do as well. So every day after I got back from Rwanda, I prayed to God that he would send me back to Africa. Then this year, I found out that there will be another trip to Africa to Sierra Leone, and I jumped at the chance to go. But I did set my hopes up um, a little too high because then um, about a couple weeks after I turned in my application and got all excited, um, my youth pastor, Greg, said that we weren't going to go. I was so disappointed and angry, and I was confused because I thought that this was something that God wanted me to do. I thought he wanted me to go back and um, spread the love of Jesus Christ. But then 
After about a month um, of me finding out that we weren't going to grow, to go, Greg uh, called me one night and said that we are. And I was, I was so excited. He said he changed his mind, and I was, I was ready. I was like, oh yes, this is awesome. And so um, going through that experience of plans changing back and forth and not going the way I want them to go, um, it made me realize that if I would put my trust in God um, before that situation even happened, um, it would have been a lot easier for me to deal with my worries and the confusion I had. Um, I also learned that my plan isn't always going to be what God uh, wants me to have, and he might want me to go down a different turn um, on my path than another turn I want. Um, as scared as I am on not knowing what those future plans are going to be for me, whether it's college or my career in sports or the missionary work I'm being called to do, um, I know God will take care of me and that his plan is greater than mine could ever be. Uh, a verse that has helped me um, through writing, writing this and has actually helped me just like be able to trust him more is in Psalm 32, 8, where it says, the Lord says, I'll guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. This summer going back to Africa, I am so excited and ready to see what I get out of this amazing experience. I know God has a plan for me in Africa, and I'm excited to see where he will put me in the future. Morning. Hello, my name is Andrew Counts. I'm very excited to be here this morning. To give you a little information about myself, I'm 17 years old. I go to Redmond High School. I love sports. I play football and baseball, and I've been going to First Presbyterian Church of Bellevue since I was six years old. During my parents' divorce, I spent a lot of time with my best friend, Landon Bennett. His house became my second home, and his parents and brothers, too, became sort of an extended family. I would sleep over at the Bennett's house often, staying up late, watching the Ninja Turtle movie for the, about the hundredth time, and waking up to my second family as they headed off to church. So naturally, I too began to go to church every Sunday with Landon. And years later, we're now members of this church. Now I am finishing up my junior year and preparing myself for a life-changing trip to Africa. I'm truly blessed for God has worked through those around me to give me this amazing opportunity. Now I have learned two things from being a Christian. God is great, and through God, all your needs can be filled. When my family has fallen apart on countless occasions, I did not have time to fear, for my second family was there to pick me up, and my brothers and sisters up as well. Through rough times, I've found that worldly possessions cannot fill you. They cannot make you whole. Being a high school student, I'm well aware of the constant need that worldly possessions have on us. High school is filled with the who has the coolest phone, who has the perfect girlfriend, perfect relationship, who got in the U-dub, who hooked up with who on Friday night, who got wasted, who threw the coolest party, and who's popular. Gotta love that last one, popularity. Something that seems to be the holy grail in high school. But are people really willing to do all that for popularity? Make a rude comment towards someone just to get a laugh? For what? To be popular? I've learned, though, that there's no popular table to sit at when you get to heaven that God does not see the kid giving the rude comment any more or less than the one receiving it. 
God sees us all, and there is no item we need to have, no party we need to be at that will make him see us. He just wants us. He wants me. No matter where my family is or when I turn down the alcohol that gets pushed towards me, my relationship with God can be the only thing that truly fills my need of being wanted, of being loved. I've been in the perfect relationship. I've been that homecoming prince, the kid at the table, the captain on the football team, the one with the cool car. And have I ever felt once like my life was perfect? No, not once have I ever felt that. Perfection is something I am just as far from as everyone else. People fail to mention that the perfect relationship ends, that the homecoming prince and football captain does not mix well at all for you're in the locker room during the award ceremony. That being the captain is really nothing at all without a team. That at the table, the conversation is the same as any other conversation at any other table. And that you're really not missing out on anything. That the cool car was only bought because I worked my butt off to save my money until I turned 16. And it has just as much of a chance to get backed over by a girl on the night of our school dance as anyone else's. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, things and titles are everywhere but none of those make you any more praised or loved than anyone else in the eyes of God. I don't need to try so hard to get my life together to appear perfect because I am already loved. I hope I can go to Sierra Leone with my team here at the church, my best friend Landon, and tell them that everything I have in America is pointless, absolutely worthless, unless you look towards the Lord first. To look towards God and everything you need will come. The possessions and titles will have no value, and that only through God can you be filled. I put my faith more and more in God as my life progresses, but I too have had my doubts. I've gone through times in my life not knowing what to do or where to turn to. I turn to God and ask for advice, for help, but hear nothing. It's taken me up until this past year to realize that God has been there the whole time. Just recently, my mom has left my family for the second time leaving things worse than the first abandonment when I was six. It was difficult to understand, to react. I definitely, it definitely left me with a hold that I could not fill by myself. I had to trust that even though I could not hear God's words, that he was with me and that things would turn out all right. I knew that then and I know that now as I'm still struggling to deal with my mom. I continue to do, the best to, to do my best to look towards God to help me fill me up. Only God can offer me a love and a compassion that is strong enough to last and cure my wounds. Thank you. There's a lot that they covered in that, and I imagine different things popped for each of us, but one thing that I heard was trust. And sometimes trust in God can be a really trite, simple thing that we say a lot. But oftentimes, trust comes through relationship, right? Spending time in relationship with someone and growing to be able to trust them through different scenarios and different situations, hard times, good times, times when we need help and times when we think we got it on our own. So what would it look like for us, even right now, to have that kind of relationship with God? As we come to communion this morning, the band's going to come back up here and they're going to sing a couple more songs and we have time to actually spend time with each other in community, but with God in relationship through communion. And as we do that, I just want to really encourage you to be open to experiencing his presence, to hear his voice, 
to sense his touch. Maybe there's something that's specifically on your mind right now that is just spinning in your head that is a worry or a challenge. Or maybe there's something in that song that keeps coming back to me where with God nothing is impossible and you've got something that you're feeling fear about because it seems impossible. And so you're starting to need some courage and back away from it. Or maybe there's a specific need that you have that is in your family or friends that you love or pain in your body or a sickness that needs healing. I just want to encourage us right now to let those things start to come to mind and to let ourselves imagine something that's not made up but real where 2,000 years ago when Jesus was with his closest friends and that's what he calls us that have come to know him. He says, you are now my friends. When he was with those 12, he was having a meal with them and in that meal, he took bread and he broke it and he said, guys, this is my body broken for you. And in the same way, he took a cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant. It's the terms and definition of a new relationship. My blood poured out for forgiveness of sins. And then he said, whenever you guys eat, not just those 12, but us, when you guys eat of this bread and you drink of this cup, you proclaim my death until I come again, until we have a relationship where you see me face to face, whether it's his return or when we go to heaven. But now, as we come to this table, we actually get to have that same meal and interact with that same Jesus. So what is it that maybe on your mind or your heart that you would like to talk with him about and experience him being someone you can trust? So let's pray together. God, we thank you that you got each of us here for a specific reason. I'm just going to declare that truth, that this is not an accident that we're sitting in a chair right here on you Sunday. And then it's a chance to come to communion. And so God, we just open our hearts right now, just become aware of your presence. Meaning that you are right here next to us, even in our very bodies and that you would have something that you'd want to bring to our minds or stir in our hearts or that you would want to hold us in your embrace, that you want to put your hands on us. And have us experience you. So I just want to take it a little deeper because we got a little time this morning. If you give me an opportunity that there's a reality of um, a promise God says. He says, do not be afraid for I am with you. So if you can recognize fear in your life, I think he wants to come right now and bring peace. Sometimes peace comes without the change in circumstances that maybe we long for. But it's like something comes in us and we see it different or it washes over us. And I think he wants to give peace to you. So if you are somebody who are like, I need some peace, I just want to invite you to receive it. You can think of it like communion, but now it's by his spirit where you go up and you actually open your hands and you take the bread and you dip it in the cup, but it's like you're opening your hands right now as we pray just to receive a gift. Or you can just open your heart, but I just want to encourage you to put your body externally in line with what's going on inside and let God meet with you. I also uh, 
think he wants to bring healing this morning to actual physical pain and sickness. So if you are somebody who is in pain and is dealing with sickness or you have someone that you know that is, I just want to encourage you to open up to him right now and to receive healing from him. So God, we pray for your peace. And we pray for your healing now in Jesus' name. God, I just pray you continue to just stir us up in our hearts to have faith that you can actually meet with us right now in this place as we come to communion as we worship. That you start to stir in us our desires and our longings that only you can fill. In Jesus' name, amen.